You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Love Talk Live. Today we have such a fun show. We have Cass O'Neill, who's a coach, and we have on the phone Anita Chlipala, who will be joining us a little bit later. She's a therapist in Chicago, and I actually don't even want to tell you guys what everybody's going to be talking about because I just want you to be surprised. <laughs> I love surprises. So Cass and I, we have a fantastically crazy story. It's kind of funny. I was in Santa Monica about three months ago, maybe, or Venice, Santa Monica, yeah. at this awesome organic called the Hive Food Store. Now we're like advertising for the Hive. Go to the Hive <laughs> if you live in Santa Monica. <laughs> and I was sitting there just minding my own business on my computer, and Cass is sitting there on the phone right behind me. And at first I was kind of annoyed because I need like pure silence as much as possible um, <laughs> to do my work. But then I actually got very fascinated and interested in what she was talking about on the phone, so I started tuning in. And she got off the phone, and of course, because I don't hold back, I went over to her and I said, I wasn't listening to you, <laughs> but I was. I mean, I didn't, wasn't trying to, but I mean, she was talking pretty loud. Anyhow, but she was talking about all the stuff that I study and all the stuff that I teach. And so we started talking and I said, you know, I want you to come on my show. And here she is. Here I so am. Yes. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. And it's funny because when I was at the coffee shop, I always feel so terrible talking on the phone. I never really do. But I was talking about reclaiming space as a woman. And so it was um, it was a beautiful moment together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you were talking to you were talking to your coach. Mm -hmm. She was like coaching you about coaching, right? Something yeah. Like yes. Yes. Because you're studying right now. Right. So I'm a life coach and I'm also in a year long transformational coaching certification program that's awesome. that started in August. And so I'm almost done. I'm about three months in and we meet once a month in DC. And then during the time in between, we have monthly practice areas and then I have a coach as well. So getting a lot of tools for transformation for myself and then I get to use it with my clients, which is super powerful. Yeah. I love it. And I also love that she took that chance that one day <laughs> <laughs> to talk out loud yeah, and to not feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. you, you were kind of telling me about that, that you were yeah. going and out of your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. And I think it speaks so much to how much we keep inside of all the things that we want to create in life. And whether it's a partner or uh, an experience or a new job, we almost keep those dreams inside. And the more we can speak about it out loud and share with the world, people around want to help and people around are listening and people around have some of the answers that we're looking for. And if we're not sharing and speaking those things and kind of doing things that make us nervous, getting out of our comfort zone, then how do we expect to get the next leap? I love it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just yesterday um, I was talking to some friends about how your comfort zone is small. <laughs> Everybody's comfort zone is very small, but the more you take these chances, the bigger the comfort zone becomes and it never goes back down. Yeah. So it's so important to take these mm. little these little chances yeah. in life. And you never know who's gonna be listening totally. to your conversation. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then our bandwidth for opening up our comfort zone increases each time yeah. we do it. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, I can do this. I'm going to keep doing this. You get that inertia. And so and, so here we are. And Cass, <laughs> love her energy. Like, she's <laughs> such good energy. And, Thank um, you. So anybody who works with Cass is lucky. Thank you, Jamie. You're Appreciate welcome. that. So I have a few notes here. But before we, we get into kind of like more teaching things, mm-hmm. um, Cass just had a little breakup mm-hmm. today. Mm -hmm. ironically or maybe not you know someone was listening yeah (laughs) um so and what she texted about it today she said I had this breakup today and she said it wasn't in alignment Mm -hmm. with her Mm -hmm. so can you tell our viewers because I know a lot of our viewers struggle Mm -hmm. with being in relationships and that you know should I stay in should I not and so can you maybe can you tell them your process Mm -hmm. how you got to that point where you finally said to yourself, this isn't right for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think in partnerships, it's such a hard balance of walking the line of really knowing what your intuition is saying and your heart versus your head. Mm -hmm. And when you get involved in some form of romantic connection, there's crazy chemical reactions going in your body. And so it feels hard to be able to actually understand it. Um, And so Basically, this man came into my life, and um, we met right before I was in Mexico for the last two months. And so we met right before I left for Mexico and had this crazy connection, like one of those just like soul connect. And we stayed in touch while I was gone. And it wasn't just messages. It was voice memos and long, like just really beautiful um, conversations. And I felt like he was part of my experience in Mexico. And he added a lot of layers to my my story of being there and uh, layers of understanding. And I feel like I've always dated men who are a little bit more powerless. Um, I met this woman who said there's three different types of relationship dynamics. There's one is two people in their power. Mm-hmm. One is a powerful person with a powerless person. Mm-hmm. And then the third is two powerless people together. Mm-hmm. And she said, what's possible with two people in their power? And I said, what? And she said, freedom. And looking back on my past relationships, I recognize I've typically been the person in power and they've been a little bit more powerless. And the way, the language I translate that to is, you know, I'm a nurturer, right? I'm this feminine woman who wants to take care of men. Mm-hmm. And that's, that dynamic doesn't work for me anymore. And so this man shows up and he's in his power and he's done his work and he's spiritual and he's has his own business and he lives in Venice, right? Like all of these things. And then the connection's beautiful. Um, And so for me, being away, it was a balance of how do I stay present in my power and not give my power away right away and get caught in the future of how this could go or what this could be and be present for it and be open. And so I did that dance for the last, you know, what, six weeks. And I came back. He picked me up from the airport. And we've been having this beautiful thing the last two weeks. And there was something off. You know, like everything looked great on paper and everything just like felt so like, whoa, this could really be something. But it just it just was off. You can't explain it. Mm -hmm. And so what I've come to know is my intuition was looking for reasons to be correct or for it to be able to like actually say like, Cass, this isn't right for you. Mm -hmm. And my mind was just stuck on the well, all this looks great on paper and Mm -hmm. this is fine and this is whatever. Maybe um, like, what am I missing? Yeah. Is there something that you It was that, seen? like, pop. It was, like, that zazz. Yeah, totally. Um, and so I think the hardest part is having the courage to speak out loud at first. You know, I'm a believer of keeping everything on the table in relationships. And 
you know, two humans coming together to share space, you're going to trigger each other and activate each other. And if we don't feel or have the courage to share what's being activated or triggered, then how are we learning? You know, and I think oftentimes, at least in my past relationships, I would get activated or triggered and then do my own processing on it and not feel like it was something I needed to bring up or share, mm-hmm. only to just push that emotion down into my body, only to then just want to walk away one day without speaking my needs. And so two days ago, I spoke to him and I said, you know, it, I believe it takes four seconds of courage to do anything, to pick up the phone, to start the conversation. and. I think we get stuck often at like the how, how to start the conversation. And I always believe the best place to start is just sharing how you feel. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, I just, I just wanted to open up the conversation and I wanted to let you know how I've been feeling lately. I feel like we have this beautiful connection. I feel like we've manifested each other and this connection, but there's something off for me and I can't quite explain it. And I don't know if it's the sexual piece or what, but like, Something just doesn't feel right. And he held such beautiful space for me as I was processing through this. But of course, in that dynamic, then I'm feeling like getting, I'm getting sucked back into it because I'm like, wow, he's really holding space for me, you know? <laughs> like, it would have been easier like, if he was like, whatever, yeah, never yeah. mind, I'm out. Right. Okay, guys, get out of here. He was like, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> and he just held space and he was just like, I trust this connection and I trust however it's supposed to happen and I'm looking for a life partner and all these things, right? And then my mind is going and I'm like, well, maybe I'm just scared, you know? And I'm like, maybe I'm just scared of you because you're in your power and it was this whole very interesting conversation. And then he went away for two days. And this is why I think it's so important to, he went to Joshua Tree for a shoot. So important to get space away from the relationship if you're kind of questioning anything about it because you know, just to get that perspective, just to have that space. And so in the two days away, I was able to really process like, what is my truth and what is my heart saying? And I journaled a lot and I dropped into the fact that like, no, this really isn't, this doesn't feel right for me, you know? And I felt like I was fighting upstream to stay with it because it felt like it looked so right on paper Mm -hmm. and he lives around the corner and it's all these beautiful things. Um, And then, so yesterday I, you know, he got back into town and um, we went out to get coffee in town and went to a grocery store. And it was another thing I learned was the importance of getting, if you're kind of questioning something as well, is getting that person into different scenarios, maybe introducing them to different friends, you know, going out to different places for dinner, seeing them in just different ways. Mm-hmm. It's like little different mirrors on the disco ball to seeing them and outside of just what you share. And we went out and I just saw it I said you know, in my head I'm like he's just not in his power actually he's he's totally just it's not not connected and so I felt like super excited because I my intuition was right and I got yes. the answer and I had yes. the experience and free Freedom. and free and free and so I told him I spoke my truth just like from you know I actually re- recircled on the conversation and just shared that this isn't in alignment and I want to honor each other's hearts and like, thank you for all that we've learned from each other and have a good life. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I honor you for your courage because mm. that is so beautiful that you were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that came up that I feel like is can be very helpful for our viewers is a lot of people get very anxious in the relationship when mm-hmm. one person feels like they need time alone to process Mm. because for the fear of exactly what happened 
with you, yeah. you know? Um, but at the same time, if two people love each other and want the best for each other, that really is how you're going to get your authentic answer, yes. right? So yes. if you're out there and you're in either one of these positions, if you're the person that feels like you need a little space to get your answer, and a lot of times the answer is yes, you do want to be with that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens all the time, you know? Or if you're the other person and you feel like your partner needs space, just really allow them that space. Yes. Because it is in that space when people can tap into their intuition and, and what feels yeah. right. And and people do feel like you have to be in the presence of that person, but actually it actually helps to to be with yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's like someone said the other day to me, it's like one plus one is three. Oftentimes I think in relationships, I think it's like, one plus one, we mold together and become one. And it's so beautiful to actually recognize the power of like bringing our stuff into that. Yeah. And (laughs) right up my alley. Oh my (laughs) God. Yes. I always say that two people, it's not like 50, 50, it's two whole people. When this, when it's supposed to be right, two whole people come together, their lights come together and you create more light and just magic. Yeah, totally. And the, the, it's funny, at the end of any form of partnership for me, I always have this fear that's like, will I ever find another person? That I think that's such a natural fear that comes up of now that I'm letting this person go and this was so magical, like, will someone ever love me like that, see me like that, know me like that? And I think it's just nice to speak out the normalcy of some of the human things that come up for all of us because it's okay to be with that fear and also still be in action of choosing the thing that you know is right for you. Yes, that's the best thing you can do for yourself. And yes. you're human, you'll go through that fear, yeah. and then you'll get on the other side of it, and you'll get back to the faith and the love yes. and the manifesting. Exactly. Yeah. So I have another question that mm-hmm. came up as you were talking, because yeah. you, you were saying power, power, power. And I just want mm-hmm. people to understand, when you say power, what mm-hmm. do you mean? That you want, that you feel like you have the power and you want a guy that has the power. Mm-hmm. So to you, what does that mean? Yeah. Does it mean somebody who, a man who is doing his work, like you said, mm-hmm. who who really knows himself, who loves himself, not in a cocky way, yeah. um, just no insecurities, no unresolved issues, things like yes, that? Yes, exactly. Yeah, almost like two people strong in their own foundation. like Strong. And yeah, 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 and they know themselves, like you said. And there's always work for us to be doing, right? But has has shown up for themselves and really has done the work. And what I when I mean work, it means almost like sitting with yourself, feeling all of the emotions, understanding what your childhood, how your childhood impacted you, mm-hmm. f- releasing anger and sadness, you know, working through all these sorts of things and whatever it may look like, look, reading books, going out into nature, it shows up differently for everyone, but really choosing yourself, falling in love with yourself first. Yeah. And being vulnerable. Yes. It's so big. It's so yes. important. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. I feel like I get I get a little cheesy or just um, yeah. emotional when I think about the importance of vulnerability because mm. vulnerability is how you connect. Yeah. It really is. Uh, I heard a quote the other day, the more personal, the more universal. Yes. And that's yeah. vulnerability is when you share your personal and you, f- you forget that that actually connects you to the whole. It does. You think that those little things like remove you, it but does. it's more universal. Yeah, and the more... Like when one person is starts being more vulnerable, then it, it's a chain reaction, That's and so people true. get inspired, and we we feel like oh they're they're being vulnerable, I can be vulnerable too, mm. and then it just um, it expands. Yes. Okay, so 
I know you love talking about what it means to be a fully expressed human being. Mm -hmm. And you have the judgments and the da da da. Let her tell you her <laughs> story of those things. Um, so, and how being a fully expressed human being can help you in relationships um, and or to manifest a relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's so funny in my head when I think of like a fully expressed human being, it's almost like this like star with all of its, you know, limbs and everything out. And I think in order to get to that point, um, I almost think about like our, our human experience and all the emotions and the expressions of who we are as a sky. Mm -hmm. And everyone wants the sun to shine all the time. You know, it's like everyone wants uh, to be happy and joyous and feel that warmth of the sun. And we as a collective kind of push away the clouds and we push away the anger and the sadness and like you said judgments and fears because we feel like those things will take away from this sunball yeah and so what happens is you know just like the weather the rain wants to just come in maybe it will rain for a week and pass through maybe it's just for a day maybe the clouds come in for an hour and pass through but they just they just want to move through us and i think um you know, growing up and, and not knowing these things, I I pushed a lot of this away and anger, sadness, all of these emotions, like because every single human. emotion, right? And what we forget is that if we suppress any form of emotion, it, it suppresses the joy as well. So I almost think the more you push away those clouds, the sun just dims a little bit. And um, every emotion has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I think most of us are scared to let our emotions move through us. Mm -hmm. We're afraid that if I let myself be angry, I'm going to be stuck being angry there. If I'm sad, I'm going to be stuck being sad. And most of us don't let our feelings have the end. And so once you really start to allow yourself to feel all of the emotions and not make meaning of them, you know, like it, it's just an emotion that's moving through us. And, you know, it can tell a story and it can provide information for us. But when we can let ourselves have healthy releases of anger, for example. This is something that, you know, I was working through anger and sadness. And for me, it was like, let me go buy some pottery from Goodwill and let me smash some pottery. And it feels like crazy at first because you're like, what is going on? I don't even really know. I'm not, I didn't think I was an angry person. If you're around cash, just get out of the way. <laughs> exactly. She has pottery in her hand. She's got it in her backpack. Yeah. And, you know, just letting that go or screaming into a pillow or um, whatever it may look like. And so, get it out. Yeah. And then... You know, I remember I was driving actually to visit my ex-boyfriend and in the car I experienced healthy releases of anger and sadness. I screamed because I was so annoyed with something he had said. I was just like, bah! at the top of my lungs. And then I just started to cry after. But I let the tears move through me. And what we forget is that moving through these emotions leads to being back in our essence and joy. And free. And free. I love free. Exactly. And so I think that in relationships, oftentimes in friendships, in business partnerships, in any form of relation, we don't realize all the stuff that everybody's bringing with them. It's like everyone has these suitcases filled with all of these unexpressed emotions. And so when you're cooking dinner and you forgot to put the salt in and it triggers me, it's really not the salt. <laughs> it's and it's not the other person. Yeah, it's not. It's your yeah. unresolved issue. Exactly. So the power of letting yourself be a fully expressed human being, allowing yourself to be with all the emotions and and talking about it like that vulnerability piece um it's getting it out it, yeah even you know sometimes if you you don't even have to go to a professional necessarily but even mm -hmm. if you go to your i mean professional yes you know a coach or a therapist for yeah. ongoing but right. it often feels really good to just 
speak it out loud, whatever yes. you're feeling, just to get it out and to have somebody listen to you. They don't have to fix it, but just to just to listen. Yes, is amazing. I it's was so true. <laughs> I was interviewing this couple the other day, and at the beginning, the the man was saying that he was struggling when he would talk to his wife because, and she was upset because he wanted to fix, 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 and it took like a little bit of time, you know, months, maybe even a year, to do this over and over again for her to express how she was feeling, if she was sad or angry, and for him just to sit there and listen and be there for her. Yeah. And she just felt so much better. You know, right. you don't say anything, just hold me. Yeah. Right. And I hear think, me. Yeah. And not judge and just mm. take it all in and love me regardless. Yeah, because I think that speaks to the fact that I think we're afraid to emote or let these feelings out because what will it mean sense of belonging? What will they think of me? Yeah. Well, you know, and to Judging. be able to just have the space held for you in that way, it's powerful. And yeah. when you're in a true loving relationship, to have no no attachment to any type of outcome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like if that person is supposed to stay with you, they will. And if that's if that person is not, if they can't handle the truth <laughs> or whatever, yeah. they um, if they're not evolved enough, um, or for whatever reason, if it's just not right. Yeah. But we all, in the at the end of the day, we want to be with people whom we feel completely 100% comfortable with sharing things with, right? Yeah. And it's the, to me, it's funny that's, I was talking about this recently about the safety piece of, you know, building safety, just emotional safety in partnership of how, what's the dance for men and women? I think oftentimes if it's, we're different. yeah, we're different. And I think oftentimes in the, the macho world of like feminine, masculine, the masculine is the one that um, needs to hold the space for the woman to feel safe. And, you know, and maybe in same sex relationships, it's one person be begins it and the other person then needs it but the man also needs to feel that safety as oh, well yeah. it's yeah, such a I dance mean, oh it is so beautiful <laughs> yeah. when i see a man cry yeah oh and because men i think just the way that they're wired mm -hmm. and from socialization from when they're mm -hmm. little they don't um they're just not used to it mm -hmm. um it's so beautiful when i see whether it's I a know. guy watching a movie or sometimes brian will be watching you know a TV show or whatever yeah. with our son. No, like it's so sweet to watch guys yeah. express their emotions. Right, because there's so many more societal walls for them to break through in order to do that. Yeah. But this is the fully express human being part. Yes. And you start sl small. You know, I think in life it, we have a mountain that we want to climb and then we don't begin it because we're scared or we think it's going to take so much time and it's really those baby steps of yeah just take that chance yeah take that leap leap of faith that leap so let's bring on anita and we can start talking about her topic and then the three of us will kind of all talk um anita yes yes <laughs> i'm here hello i just want to make sure you're still there so anita would you like to tell us a little about your work, what you do, what kind of clients you see, and then we can get into your topic, which is infidelity. Yeah, yeah so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I'm the owner of Relationship Reality 312 in downtown Chicago, uh, and my practice primarily focuses on love. So we work with anyone from singles wanting to figure out why they're so single, what are they maybe doing wrong, couples on the brink of divorce, uh, you know, infidelity, uh, high, high conflict couples, like 
uh, every single one of our, you know, couples comes in with communication problems. And sometimes, you know, a person might not want to come into, you know, therapy. So we also do individual work uh, where we always keep the relationship in mind. So like if your partner or your spouse, you know, isn't into therapy, then, you know, you can leave them at home and we can help you, you know, with your relationship with just yourself and in the office with us. Um, so it's really a lot of fun. We have a, a really great time and love helping people have the best relationships possible. I love it. And I know that you are an amazing therapist. When I was in Chicago, Anita and I actually shared office space. And I just heard from Anita before the show that your office has now expanded and you have more therapists. Yes. So we are in quite the demand here uh, in Chicago. And so we had to double our office space and I added some staff. So it's been, you know, both stressful and fun. but definitely, you know, we, ha- we get a lot of people who, you know, call us because like, you know, my reputation and our brand is, you know, helping clients because I think with therapy, sometimes people think that therapists can't tell you what to do. And which, unfortunately, I don't know why that myth exists, but we do tell our clients, you know, what to do. We might not, you know, tell them exactly, yes, you should get a divorce or yes, you should break up but we will give them the information that they need, the tools, the skills to be able to make informed decisions uh, so that they feel confident when they do make that decision. Um, And so people call us all the time and they're like, you know, we're seeing someone else, but we really want someone who's going to be direct with us. Yes, So we've built up the reputation and people are coming. That's great. Yeah, I mean, people don't wanna just stay where where they are and their stuff, they wanna do something about it. Yeah, and you know, I mean, sometimes I have to even kind of kick my clients' ass, and I'm like, look, I'm not your friend. You know, you're paying me to be your therapist and to tell you what you need to hear, uh, not what you want to hear. And so, I mean, I give tough love. I mean, my Mm -hmm. clients know I love them, but yeah, I mean, people can get what they want to hear from their friends, you know, but that's not what we do. We really like to help people get unstuck, and we use a lot of research uh, in our work, which is very effective. I love it. Okay, so infidelity. Oh. Yeah. Why One of my do... specialties. <laughs> so, Anita, why do people cheat? Why do you think people cheat from your research experience, everything? Yeah, I mean, there are so many reasons, so many. Um, but a lot of times, like at least, and I, I do have to offer this, kind of like sidebar obviously the people most of the people who come in for infidelity in our practice do want to work on the relationship you know they do want to save the relationship save the marriage and so that is the kind of clientele that we you know work with Uh, sometimes we'll get people who just come in as a last resort and they have absolutely no desire to do any of the work that we tell them to do Um, but those are very few and far between Uh, but a top like reason that we've discovered with the clients that we work with is um, unmet needs. So they, and I should probably say unexpressed needs because sometimes uh, the partner who cheated wasn't very clear about what they needed in the relationship, what they expected of their partner. Uh, You know, the couple may have grown apart, you know, didn't prioritize each other anymore. And then it was, you know, made them a lot more susceptible to the attention, you know, and admiration of someone else outside of the relationship. So that is definitely a big one. Uh, Like we commonly hear, you know, clients say, but I like to be desired, you know, and 
you know, even though some like sex does come up with infidelity, you know, we haven't slept together, you know, in six months. You know, I try to like teach my clients that it's not just about the sex, but about everything that comes with that, the playfulness, the fun, uh, the connection, the intimacy, you know, feeling desired, feeling wanted, like all of these things are really good things uh, to help, you know, for a couple to maintain in their relationship. Um, sometimes people are bored. Sometimes people just want to get laid. I mean, we could say that. I mean, they just wanted to have sex. Uh, but a lot of times what plays a part in that is opportunity, you know, so someone like hits on you or, you know, you ended up drinking too much and then you, didn't, you weren't really thinking of consequences. Um, you know, it could be like a part in the like life cycle, you know, like a vulnerable part of a couple's relationship is when they have the birth of their first child. We get mm -hmm. a lot of couples who have a newborn at home. And because it's the, the relationship with the marriage is a lot more vulnerable during that time. As you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about, do you ever, do you ever have clients who come in with a sex addiction? Meaning like they truly do love their partner, but they truly also have this like diagnosis of a, a sex addiction. And what do you do about that? Well, so I'm not an addictions specialist. And so what I would do in that instance is make sure that uh, the person who has the diagnosis um, is working with a really good addictions therapist. And then we would collaborate together because um, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of research about sex addiction, but I do know that there's not a consensus on whether or not it's a true diagnosis or not. Right. And so, you know, I would just want to like do everything that I possibly could to make sure that this person cannot change uh, in order for then the betrayed partner to make the decision about whether or not they want to stay. So I would do, a, you know, like the collaborating, you know, is there, is it really about addiction? Like, are there, so really like doing a lot of uh, like uncovering of their beliefs, uh, like why they act the way that they act, um, but really getting a lot of uh, individual, you know, help for them as well. Got it. And what would you say, I don't know if you've done this research or if you uh, know the answer, but um, I'm curious, out of what's the percentage of couples in general where there's a cheating incident or incidents, infidelity in general, and they do stay together forever? You know, they do stay together for the long term. They're in it for the long term. Yeah, I, uh, so I know more and I mean, again, you know, are people going to be honest about whether or not there's been infidelity? Uh, but I do know that women are catching up to rates as men. But I offhand, I don't have the statistics of how many people actually are successful. I can tell you that I've developed a five-step process for our couples. And the ones that, you know, do it, complete the tasks, uh, I believe, at least with me, um, they rebuild their marriage or relationship at 100%. Like that's my oh, that's uh, success rate. I mean, I, I have had clients who have not even been engaged. And then we worked through rebuilding trust after infidelity, and then they got married. And sometimes even they have kids. It's really beautiful. I think it would also be interesting to kind of like, and this is what I do with my work. I, I look at myself as a detective. I like to assess using my intuition how much each partner really wants 
to stay in that relationship because you probably see that all the time and you will mm-hmm. where you can just kind of tell that one person doesn't want to do the work so what do you do when you feel like one person doesn't really want to do the work you can just get that sense uh yeah i mean i i'm still willing to give my clients the benefit of the doubt until they have proven to me with their actions and i mean the the thing with being therapists is we can't we can't force our clients to do what we ask them to do right and uh like i did have a new couple come in dealing with infidelity and the guy the husband flat out told me he's like yeah i really wasn't into the therapy like i didn't really try and i don't know um i think he said that the therapist like it seemed like she had a hidden agenda and i told him i'm like well when we work on the healing part i'm like i'm just gonna tell you very honestly that yes it is lopsided it's not that i have a hidden agenda i'm going to be very open and direct with you but this is what you have to do in order to rebuild trust with your wife and then as marital stuff comes up you know we'll look at the variables that led to this then we can uh then it will be more even i'm like but you you chose to cheat there were other options that you had and so you're going to have to step up in this beginning process and so i mean this guy could have been you know one that wasn't motivated or uh, another therapist you know who doesn't know or isn't going to help us but with my transparency he's like okay i'm on board yes i will do whatever it takes so you just never know i mean like clients aren't always going to disclose everything that they're thinking or feeling there could be fear i mean so many variables but I'm willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give them homework. I'm going to tell them what they need to do. And then if they don't do it over a period of time, I'll assess for blocks. Okay, this is the you know, second or third time. You haven't done the homework. You haven't been doing this. What's going on? What am I missing? Uh, is there something that you're not telling me? Uh, and then if it continues, because again, I don't want the other person to feel hurt or get re-traumatized, then we have a conversation about, okay, can this person change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all so that's kind very of, complex, very intense. And I'm sure and each couple is so different. Each person's mm-hmm. different. Yeah, and I mean, with, with the, you know, that, those kinds of questions, yeah, it's, it's so hard mm-hmm. to, you know, have just like one process because really it is like what each person is bringing and the context I think is so important. Um, But I usually, I mean, there there comes a point, again, I think most of the people that we work with actually are motivated, uh, but in those, you know, few instances where the person has just, especially with infidelity, they were still cheating the whole time. You know, and I'll tell clients, if you're actively cheating, you're not gonna fix your marriage. You're not gonna, make your marriage or relationship any better and they just don't listen so when it comes to that point or if there's full you know other infidelity that's been discovered then we have the conversation of okay do you want to accept this continued infidelity or you know would you move toward a breakup or divorce yeah maybe it's just not meant to be at that point right (laughs) right right so what are some myths about cheating i know you like talking about that yeah because i think uh you know and Cass, you had said something um earlier about like you know sharing with the world uh like i think if people had that's why like i'm so happy to be talking about this topic because there are so many myths and people aren't talking about it openly and so they feel so alone in Mm -hmm. this they feel so isolated and a big one that comes up in our initial consultations is once a cheater always a cheater Mm -hmm. 
uh, again, with the clients that I work with, I do not believe, I do not see that. I don't think research supports it. Sure, there are some people who maybe just will cheat forever, but that's not the majority of people. And uh, like what I, uh, you know, tell my clients is we have to look at the variables that led to this so that we make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and kind of like along with that is this belief that only bad or immoral people cheat. I mean, I have people who go to church every Sunday, volunteer, you know, I mean, they're yeah. just like really good people with big hearts. And, you know, so I try to differentiate between, you know, you, you made maybe a bad choice, but that doesn't make you a bad person. Um, and so like, that's a big one. It's kind of like children. Well, with children, you know, we, we learn as parents to say, you, you're not a bad boy, your behavior was bad or not bad girl, mm -hmm. your behavior was bad so that they don't internalize. That's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I mean, I'm willing to give thing. people the benefit of the doubt because of the lack of conversation around infidelity. Mm -hmm. And so I'll tell my clients who have cheated, I'm like, listen, I'm going to give you everything that I know about infidelity. We're going to prevent it from happening again. I'm like, so if you still cheat, while you're working with me or after we work together, I'm like, then you're just an asshole. And then, you know, my clients <laughs> Not judging at all. It's funny. Judging. But, and it's, I mean, same goes for women. Or maybe so made a bad guy, choice. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like, you know, because again, I think we, we don't have those conversations. And uh, like another one is if there's no sex, there's no, uh, no affair, but emotional mm. cheating has taken, has like, gone crazy like it has increased so much and I think a lot of it has to do with our access to social media mm -hmm. you know it starts innocently enough like we think they were just friends and then step by step it progresses into an affair and I have asked all of my couples in the initial consultation out of curiosity have you defined cheating prior to this happening mm -hmm. and zero percent have said yes and so even if we could start with something like hey let's define cheating let's define what a physical affair looks like. Let's define what an emotional affair looks like. And even I would throw in what would betray trust. So you don't even have to cheat entirely to break trust, right? Because you could like omit a key piece of information or hide something or kind of, you know, maybe do something inappropriate, but it, it would break trust, but not cheat. I mean, those are the kinds of conversations that we need to have uh, from the beginning, especially when we get exclusive with someone and that we have to continue to have for the course of our relationship. This is making me think, I'm curious from both of you, what both of you think about this. Do you guys think that in a relationship you should be able to tell your partner everything? What do you think? I think, well, it's just so interesting in the space of how I feel like the world is moving. It's like questioning more monogamy than anything. And I mm -hmm. think um, it's such a balance. I mean, yes, I would like to be able to be in full trust. Like if you, you could look at my phone, there would be nothing that I would want to like hide on you. But, you know, maybe I don't need to tell you everything about my life that's going on or the processes that I'm having. I had a friend yesterday who she just started, she has a new boyfriend and her ex reached out to her yesterday. And they were engaging in conversation and she actually shared with him that she has a new boyfriend and she wants to be no longer in communication. But we were talking. Did she so need she to share sure. that with the new boyfriend? And we said no. You know, would it would it right, bring more empowerment or connection? But maybe in some situations, yes. Or maybe um, at some point at in some the relationship. Point, yeah. But 
I think there's a there's yeah, a like gray. it's so innocent at the beginning. Yeah, and she even said to the ex, she right, no gracias, right. Anita, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, you bring up an interesting point. Uh, I after this work with my mm-hmm. clients, I lean more towards having as much transparency as possible. I do believe people have a right to privacy. I don't think this is an all or nothing issue. I think there's a lot of gray, but the most important thing is that both partners have open dialogue and continue to talk about where they fall or where they need transparency and where they want, you know, privacy. So like even in that instance, I mean, if an ex had contacted me and I was in a relationship, I would let my boyfriend know. I'd be like, hey, just an FYI, because to me, like practicing that kind of transparency, I have nothing to hide. Mm -hmm. I want you to know, you know, what is going on. Because the thing is, anyone can cheat. Anyone. Anyone can do it. It's oftentimes the ones that you don't expect. (laughs) Yeah, but but if you practice that kind of transparency, especially, you know, over things like related to issues, again, depending on the, you know, the relationship, same sex or opposite sex it's like you want to just create that as a habit because your mm-hmm. actions are really important in preventing infidelity. Mm-hmm. And I think, let's say, if it were at the beginning of the relationship, I would say to use lightheartedness and, and humor about it almost if you do choose, if it's at the beginning where you don't really have to share, but you do want to start practicing mm-hmm. that, like to kind of say like, oh my God, my ex contacted me to be <laughs> right. bizarre. I told him like, no gracias, you know. Um, and it, yeah. yeah, so it does kind of bring in the lightheartedness and that it also shows them that I am going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think that that is, that's nice from yeah. the beginning. That's and oftentimes nice. those conversations are the ones that are the hardest, but they lead to such beautiful breakthroughs in connection. Yeah, and if that person is fearful, I'm not going to share it because what if, even though I'm saying it lightheartedly, this new guy doesn't like that and gets mm-hmm. insecure, then maybe it's not supposed to be anyway. Right. Yeah, the question is always, where am I choosing from? Yeah. Yeah. Authentic soul. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we need to wrap up. Um, Anita, would you like to share how people in the Chicagoland area or anywhere if you do video conferencing, um, just how people can contact you? Yes, they could go to my website, uh, www.relationshipreality312.com, and they could find me on Twitter and Instagram at Anita on Love. And we have a Facebook page for the practice at Relationship Reality 312. Wonderful. And Cass. Yes, the the place I share the most is on my Instagram, Cass O'Neill, C-A-S-S-O-N-E-I-L-L. And I have a website that's linked. It's CassOneill.com. Um, and I'm a coach. I also do numerology readings and teach yoga and do different workshops. And I'm working on a book. And so. you are local to Venice. Yes, yes. And I'll be um, working on. I'm working on women's circles. So monthly women's circles. Yes. Okay. Yes. And as always, you can contact me through therelationshipexpert.com or email me at Jamie J A I M E at therelationshipexpert.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Cass. Thank, thank you, Anita. You. And thank, I hope thank everyone, you so much. Thank you. And I hope you guys, um, everybody has a great week. Yeah. <laughs> See you. Keep the love alive. Yeah. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.